So the other day I was reading through John chapter 13 and there's a story in it about when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And it got me thinking because that parable, I guess you could call it story, I guess it's a story, not a parable, is primarily about serving. The more I read it, I kind of realized the, you know, saying um, the servant is not below the master or and vice versa and all that. Like it's about serving and being humble and all this kind of stuff. But there's also, like most stories, in the Bible, there's multiple things you can take from it, and I, I got to thinking when I read it, and it got me thinking about something else, because there's, you know, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet in this story, and that's not the only time we see this. We see other stories about people get, getting their feet washed, you know, uh, when they're washing Jesus' feet, or so forth. Like, this is a common thing, and, in, you know, in our modern culture, we don't really do that. I mean, there's probably still some places in the world that still do this, but we don't wash, you know, a guest's feet when they come over. Uh, that's just not what we do, especially here in America. Like, that's so foreign. So trying to think about this, you know, it's kind of confusing from a 21st century thought process. But I, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, this is kind of just the same as, like, taking your feet or your shoes off before you go into someone's house. Um, and, you know, the primary reason we do that is so you don't track dirt all through your house because if you just have muddy shoes and you come in, you're just going to get mud everywhere. If you take them off at the door, no problem, no mud. And thinking about that story also got me thinking about uh, also the story in Matthew when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. And he says these words, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean. And these are two subjects of cleanliness that I think are important in how we should view sharing the gospel. Because here's a question for you, and it should give you, you should have a quick answer. And I want you to think about it. Who does the convicting? Well, if you go by how most Christians act, most Christians act like we're the ones who are supposed to be convicting others. But that's false. The convicting comes from the Holy Spirit himself. You know, he's the one who is in our hearts and convicting us of our sins. That is not our job. That is his job. Now, that doesn't mean we can't call out sin when we see it. We are called to do that. But there's a certain context for that also in that if you're doing the same sin that this person is doing, like if you see someone who's struggling with lust, but you also are struggling with lust, you don't have the right to call them out until you fix your own lust problem. That's kind of, you know, the story of the plank in the eye. It's not saying you can't call out sin or judge sin. It's saying you can't call out and judge sin that you're also dealing with. So there is a context where we can, but when it comes to actual convicting, that's not our job. That is the Holy Spirit. He does the convicting in our hearts. I mean, when you sin, that you know, that burning feeling you feel of conviction, that's not yourself because we would be perfectly fine with our sin. That's the Holy Spirit doing that convicting. But too often, I think we see lost people and non-believers and, and instead of trying to get into their hearts and let them know what they need to know, I think too often we start with convicting. And again, that's not our job. And that's really not even the best way to share the gospel. Those people are going to run away if you just come in guns blazing, telling them what they're doing is wrong and all that. Because what we should be doing when we talk to people is telling them about the love of Christ. We need to be telling about these people about the hope of Christ. We need to tell these people about the sacrifice that Christ made on that cross for us. Why did that even have to take place? We should be telling them about how Christ saved us from our sins. You know, they don't even really understand what sin is. So if we're just yelling that they're sin, they don't even understand what we're saying. They just hear that as an attack against them as human beings, which in a way it kind of is, and rightfully so, because we are sinful creatures, but 
we have to let them know that Christ has saved us from that sin, and then we can let them know what sin is. But we also should just tell them how great and amazing and powerful our God is. That should be the first things we tell these people, because everything in your walk with Christ, in your relationship with God, it all starts in the heart, in our hearts. And that's where we should be focused on cleaning first. And I was thinking about it. Think about the feet cleaning. And, you know, look at the feet as if that's the heart. Because someone could come to your house covered in dirt head to toe. If you just clean their face off, they're going to walk in, their feet are dirty, they're going to attract mud everywhere. If they come in and you say, ooh, let me clean off your chest, you clean off their chest, their feet are still muddy, dirt gets everywhere. But if they come in and you clean their feet, you know, because their whole body's dirty, some dirt might fall and stuff, especially if they like sit on your furniture or something. But if they just walk through, if their feet are clean, for the most part, they're not going to track any dirt and mud in or anything. And then also think about the cleaning of the cup. You know, if, if you've ever washed dishes, you'll know if you sit there and spend all your time cleaning the outside of the dish and then the inside of it's got, you know, chili or something. So then when you clean it, it's just, you know, chili flying everywhere. If you clean that outside and then you clean the inside, stuff from the insides come out and hit the outsides and you're just going to have to clean the outside again. So you have to start with the inside and like these two different things, like the feet, the thing that can track dirt or sin for this analogy all over the place. You got to clean those or what's you know you got to clean the the heart because that's the inside because if you just clean the outside you're gonna have to clean the uh once you get to the inside you're gonna have to clean the outside again because there is order to cleanliness and that's very apparent in the gospel it's very apparent in you know how you do things if you're cleaning your floors you're not gonna mop your floor and then sweep you're gonna sweep and then you're gonna mop so there's an order to cleanliness and there's an order to leading people to christ there's a order to having someone's heart be wanting for God. Because if we just convict lost people, if we come up to them and say, hey, this is what's wrong in your life, this is your sin, these are this, the first thing that's going to happen is they're probably going to, you know, badmouth you and walk away. That's probably the honest answer of what's going to happen at first if you just start guns blazing. But let's say, for sake of argument, that you start convicting this person and they go, wow, you are saying the truth, like, I need to make these changes in my life, but you still haven't told them the gospel. You just told them what their sins are. You know, they may clean themselves up. They may stop cussing. They may stop sleeping around. They may stop stealing. They may stop whatever, but you didn't get their heart. So all they've done is made what are good changes to their life, but they still don't know Jesus. They still don't know the blood of Christ on that cross for our sins. And when they clean themselves up, instead of saying, oh, now that I'm clean, let me go to Jesus, they're going to say, oh, look, I'm clean. Why do I need Jesus? And so that's why we have to start with the heart. We have to let them know, hey, this is what man is. We're sinful creatures who have rebelled against God and who have went our own way, and our own way does not work. Like, God is perfect, so obviously he would know, by definition, a perfect being would know the perfect way to live, and we can't ever attain that. But through Christ, we have access to the Father. We can be in his presence. And that's where you want to start the conversation with. Because like those stories, you clean the inside. You fix the heart. And then the person will see that they need to clean their outside. Like, you know, when I first regave my life to Christ, you know, six years ago now, once I regave my life and I realized who Jesus was and was starting that personal relationship, I started to see, ooh, I'm doing this wrong in my life. Ooh, I'm doing that. Because the Holy Spirit was convicting me. Because again, the Holy Spirit is who does the convicting, not us. That is not our job. That is his. And if you've got Jesus in your heart, if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, 
then the outside will start to get clean because you'll be living for him. You'll be living with him, him there beside you, holding your hand, telling you, hey, this is not right what you're doing, and encouraging you through that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's who he is. That's who Jesus is. That's who God is. This perfect father we have is that he is willing to see the inside change and let you know what you need to do on the outside. And so that's where we need to focus. We need to focus on cleaning the inside first. When we're sharing the gospel, leave the convicting to the Holy Spirit because we need to clean the inside. Jesus needs to be in these people's heart, and they need to see that. That should be the first words they hear about Jesus is that they need him. And not that they need to stop doing this, stop doing that, because they do. That's not, you know, cleaning the outside of, or the inside of the dish first doesn't mean the outside doesn't need to be cleaned. Both need to be cleaned. There's just an order. And so we need to clean the feet first, too, so that the sinfulness won't get spread around. Because, you know, you can see a, a non-believer, or a new, we'll even say for the sake of this thing, a new believer, start with their heart continue to work with their heart because they may have some old habits that if we don't clean that first, they're going to spread it around and other young believers may see that and think it's okay. Or non-believers may see that and think, oh, this is okay because this guy's a believer and he's still doing this. So we have to aim for the heart so that that way they don't spread around the sinfulness. So we need to clean the heart. Let Jesus be the one who's in there. Let them know Jesus and just leave the convicting to the Holy Spirit because our job is to tell others about Jesus. Yes, we can do correcting. Don't take that out. Don't listen to this and think, oh, he's saying we should never correct people. No, we should, especially your fellow Christian brothers and sisters. We should definitely be correcting each other, and we should be the light to the world and letting the world know why we're different, why we're separated, why we have this different way of living life because we're living under the providence of God. So yes, we can correct, but leave the convicting to the Holy Spirit and start with the uncleanness of the heart. Let people know who Jesus is. Start to work on their heart. Start to help them have that change that will actually be fruitful in their life, fruitful in their eternity. Remember that. This is for eternity. So help them know what will help them for eternity. If they've got Jesus in their heart, the Holy Spirit will do that convicting and the outside will begin to clean itself through the work of the Holy Spirit. We just have to get to the hearts, and the heart of it all is Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, and the greatest being that ever will be, ever has been, and ever is. But that's just my take on this, and I'm not a pastor.